0: All my love and all my kissin, you don't know what you've been missing all oh boy You're with me, oh boy, the world will see that you I meant for me All my life I've been waiting, tonight there'll be no hesitating no oh boy When you're with me, oh boy The world will seen that you I'm meant for me. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. We live? I think we're live. Welcome to Comic Book Herald Live. I'm Dave Using, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Listen, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to get started, literally. We got to jump right in. There's so much news today. Unholy moly. Absolutely swamped. With Marvel News. I'm sitting here. I'm trying to write this week's newsletter. I'm reflecting on Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil and Batman, trying to tie that into Tom King's and Daniel Sempere's Wonder Woman number one. And here we are. Here we are. I got nothing but news to talk about. Marvel looked at a few, they saw a slate of a few interesting DC number ones coming out over the next couple weeks, and they were like, dump the calendar. Dump the whole thing. (laughs) We need our entire 2024 slate teased. Holy guacamole, it's looking interesting. It's looking interesting. January 2024 is going to be an interesting time. It's going to be more details for all these news announcements, which I will talk about specifically here on the pod. If you haven't seen big news dropping out of Marvel, details are going to be shared at New York Comic Con here coming in October. I know exactly when New York Comic Con is this year, October 13th and 14th because I'm going to have a secret role, a secret role in this year's New York's Comic-Con. Can you guess what it is? You probably can. <laughs> it's not. There's no reason it needs to be secret other than I'm trying to, to add in some mystery. Hey, thanks for everybody hopping in here. I'm Dave with Comic Book Herald. You are listening to Comic Book Herald Live. Comic Book Herald is brought to you by listener and reader support over on patreon.com slash comic book. The Super Chat is open and available. Any support is greatly appreciated here. Guess what? before we get to the news today, guess what? I dropped a video today. I published and edited I didn't edit it <laughs> but it is an edited shouts to every for every kind of geek. Doug Smith's overworked their great YouTube channel did the edits on this one. it's the best Marvel comics of all time up on the channel baby. it's up right now. it's my first video I think I've published that isn't a live stream in like five six months. Uh, Was it worth the wait? I think we can all agree it was. I think we can all agree that it was. If you're curious what my top 15 favorite Marvel comics are of all time, you can find that published on the channel. Please like, comment, all that stuff. Unless, unless you're my Marvelous, your co-host, Zach. Putting Zach on blast. Saw that he left a nasty comment. On there said my opinions are invalid because I didn't have enough John Byrne. Zach is the world's number one burn burn boy, as my Marvelous Year listeners know. Uh, unless you have nasty thoughts like Zach. Just as the Alpha Flight image here rolls up on my screen, what timing? What timing? Every time... I talk about Zach on a, a live stream there should absolutely be Alpha Flight <laughs> images popping up in the background again that's one for the MMY heads if you're like I don't listen to My Marvelous Year what are you talking about I only like the the YouTube live streams I'm telling you you are missing out you are missing out My Marvelous Year is rolling right now baby we got, uh, we got what is it since past debate coming up is it the worst Marvel comic of all time is it the worst Spider-Man comic of all time is it actually good? Is it actually good? Amazing Spider-Man: Six Past. That conversation is coming soon on my Marvelous Year. Check out that podcast if you want to hear the full conversation. But we got news to talk about today. We got news to talk about today. We also got Owen likes comics in the chat. Owen likes comics does some great videos. People are always like, oh, there's there's you know YouTube. It's a it's a sea of sludge and misogyny and hatred. And I'm like, yes, but if you put in a little bit of effort (laughs) there are so many good comics youtube channels and people that are reasonable human beings who actually really love comics owen not he doesn't just love a man he likes him but seriously love owen likes comics um love that channel owen's great check out his stuff as if as if i need to push people to owen's videos right As as if as if there's an audience that is like, Oh, I only know Comic Book Herald, but not this other much larger channel. Um, but seriously, thanks for popping by. Owen says, popping in to say I really enjoyed Wonder Woman number one and I'm beyond excited for Hickman's Ultimate Spider Man. What's that? What's that? Jonathan Hickman and Marco Chicato, Ultimate Spider Man, launching January twenty twenty four. We knew Jonathan Hickman was relaunching the ultimate universe. That's been happening in the pages of What I have called a mildly disappointing ultimate invasion with artist Brian Hitch. There's going to be an ultimate comics number one, which sets the stage for thing. And what it's going to apparently set the stage for is Ultimate Spider-Man by Jonathan Hickman. And frankly, just as exciting, Marco Cicchetto. Marco Cicchetto coming off of a collaboration with Chip Zdarsky on a fantastic Daredevil run. One of the best artists in Marvel's lineup over the past year, Right. Um, but, but they're doing ultimate Spider-Man. We saw Jonathan Hickman in a pop first interview with Graham McMillan saying there's a character I thought I'd never do. I found an in, I found my way in. A lot of fans led that speculation saying, oh, he's doing Spider-Man. He's finally doing Spider-Man. Some truth to that. For some reason, doing ultimate Spider-Man didn't cross my mind, but it makes a lot of sense. It makes a ton of sense. I think given an interest in world building given an interest in trying to be additive with new characters and new ideas, that Hickman would have more of an appetite for the ultimate universe relaunch, and especially having a hand now in bringing it about. So that is news item number one. That's news item number one, baby. Okay, John, this was was announced within like the last hour, hour and a half maybe. This is breaking. I do appreciate, very much appreciate it when Marvel PR is like, Listen, Dave's stream is scheduled for 515 Central. Let's drop this news in his lap as he's prepping for the stream, and we'll just give this to him. We'll just give him one. They don't ever, like, communicate with me directly. They don't ever say, Dave, we have an actual excuse for you. But you can tell. You can tell they care when they drop little things like this just ahead of a stream. This is new. This is brand spanking new. Jonathan Hickman, Mark Chiquetto, on Ultimate Spider-Man. I'm excited. I don't know if you can tell. I'm real excited. I think this is fantastic news. Um, Now, the first probably, there's a couple big questions, right, that can come out of this. More details are going to come, certainly, at New York Comic-Con. One question is certainly like, well, who, which Spider-Man are we talking about here? Ultimate Universe. It's a new one, though relaunched it's going to be revamped in some way we still haven't seen the fallout in full of what ultimate invasion is actually going to do and actually going to mean are we talking miles is this hickman and chiquetto on a miles book is this peter book or looking at the actual announcement from marvel it's ambiguous language it's ambiguous language they're kind of like it's they're introducing a new ultimate spider-man okay does that mean a new character a new person entirely or just a new version of peter parker i don't think it'll be miles and i don't know that that's the right call but i would be pretty surprised if it was miles now that said i can see hickman and chiquetto being smart enough to say it's actually kind of just everyone right and doing more of a spider-verse thing but again I don't think it's going to be a rip-off. I mean, there is a challenge here. So Hickman and Chiquetto actually teased a vision for Spider-Man. This was in the pages of last year's Amazing Fantasy number 1000. They did... I mean, what was my... Like, pretty much straight up my favorite Spider-Man story of last year. It's seven or eight pages. And it is a Council of Peter Parker story. It is a Spider-Verse-esque, multiversal collection of Spider-Man. A la the Council of Interdimensional Reads which is what Hickman did in the pages of Fantastic Four. So it's like that direction, it's tried and true and it's proven and it's pretty hot right now. If they wanted to do a multiversal council of Spider-Men, I mean, I'm kind of here for it, <laughs> right? And you can get Peter involved and you can get Miles involved. The problem with that that I see is it feels like what? How do you differentiate replaying the greatest hits from riffing on an old idea and expanding it, right? I think there's a real danger there with, with it feeling too familiar and saying, well, you're just doing a thing that you already did and we gave you your flowers for, but you're just doing it again. And how is it going to be different? I don't expect... Again, Hickman's a very creative individual. I think when he says... In this Popverse interview, I found a way to do it that I hadn't considered before. It's probably not this idea that is, frankly, now overplayed because of the success of Spider Verse. Like, like, listen, like, my mom has been to the multiverse at this point. You know, uh, like, my mom visited the Council of Interdimensional Moms. She's not even a superhero fan, right? And they were all out there, like, "How you doing, honey?" Were uh, your eyes always blue? Um, you're so funny. <laughs> do you want some cookies? I made some extra. All the usual mom stuff. Okay? Uh, and, and she's back. That's how kind of played multiversal concepts are right now. We got moms out here doing them. And I I don't really see that being the answer for Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, I do think it is likely that we're actually talking about using the Ultimate Universe to create straight-up new characters. Look at what's been happening in Ultimate Invasion, right? Hickman there, and this is... If you haven't read any of Ultimate Invasion, your mild spoilers, potentially follow. The Maker has gone to the Ultimate you know, Invasion Universe, whatever you want to call this thing, this conglomeration of 616 and, and 6160, and he has wiped out sort of the traditional superhero evolutions right prevented Reed and and company from becoming the fantastic four prevented the spider from biting Peter Parker there's a a build there of moving away from the superheroes as we've known them through the years Jonathan Hickman is a creator who has done his time in shared superhero universes who has a ton of clout and it clearly through the substack contract and the Three Worlds, Three Moons project that he's involved in with Mike Del Mundo and Mike Huddleston loves the art and the challenge of building new worlds and creating new characters I think too when he talks about leaving X-Men for bigger pastures, right? And things that are more important to Marvel one thing Marvel Comics has to be thinking about is how do we add new characters to our lineup? Right? How do we keep this thing going and build it to last, and and add things that you know? Forget like maybe the MCU can use, but also just like can the comics use these things down the line? Marvel has a really hard time, especially in this pretty regressive, conservative, and not politically, but like like um, tonally administration in the CB Sablowski era of you know they, they they don't have any new characters. In fact, the younger newer characters who were created over the past decade are getting less attention than ever, right? So what can you do to course-correct that? You can use the Ultimate Universe to add new characters, okay? Spider-Man, The like, one of the most revolutionary things you can do right now because multiverse stuff has happened so frequently and so heavily and so well in Spider-Verse. That if you want to go up against that, now you're going against something that is beloved. Okay? you got to do it better than something that's already beloved. One of the most revolutionary things you could do is just say, Spider-Man's not Peter or Miles. That would actually be surprising. That would actually take people aback. Right? Fans would be inherent, like many fans would be innately mad that it's not one of their known characters. I mean, look at what Hickman is, look at the, the upstream battle that Marvel and, and Hickman and collaborators have with trying to sell this God's book. And listen, they've priced it so strangely that there's you know, economic forces in the room that I'm, I'm not going to discount entirely. Um, but they're like, yeah, it's a book of all new characters. And you have retailers and you have fandom giving at least a social media sense, which may not reflect reality, but giving a social media sense of like, we kind of don't want new characters. <laughs> there's all these characters we already like. Do those. It was good when you did X-Men, because we know X-Men, but don't create new things. I think there's a battle there, and I think Hickman wants to win it. That's just my guess. Okay? That's just my guess, that he's looking at this as the like, what is, because like, what are the challenges here? For for a creator who's had this history. What's the challenge? Right? Right? reinvent x-men did it write the best marvel event of all time yeah secret wars 2015 write the best fantastic four run of the last at least 20 years i'll give wayne ringo a shot i don't like it as much but I, i mean i like it a lot but i don't like it as much all these things have been done okay so what's the challenge create new stuff and sell it and make people care that's the hardest thing you can do that is like the hardest thing. It's why Kamala Khan is such a revelation. It's why that book is so damn good. The G. Willow Wilson, Adrian Alphona stuff in the early days. Right? A new character with the juice is hard to pull off. Ultimate Spider-Man can be that. I like the idea of an Ultimate Universe that is actually the concepts and you know familiarity of Marvel but with Players that we don't really know. Because here's the thing. If Hickman and Chikato step in, and they're going to say, yeah, we're doing Ultimate Spider-Man. It's been 24 years since Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley did their Ultimate Spider-Man. Here's our version. Here's a 16-year-old Peter. Here's our take. We have seen this. As good as their take might be, we have seen this. And as good as their take might be, Stanley the Manly, Steve Ditko, John Romita, did it better. (laughs) Okay? You're not going to usurp that. Bendis and Bagley came as close as you can. But you're not going to usurp that. So why try? Why try? Now, the other option, of course, is I'm overthinking this. And Ultimate Spider-Man just means Miles Morales, as it has for the past 12 years. And he's going to be the focus, and he's the star of the ultimate universe. That'd be cool, too. <laughs> I'm pretty okay with that as well. Um, that Listen, no complaints. <laughs> no complaints with that approach either. Let's see. What do we got in the comments here? Uh, Lethargo says, you called it, Dave Steney. Thank you. Thank you for my credit where it's due. Much appreciated. Connor says, any chance for a long run on Ultimate Spider-Man? That's the question, isn't it? That's the question. It doesn't really need to be. I, I, I would just say, when it comes to Jonathan Hickman at Marvel, and I've said this now for, what, two plus years? Two and a half years? Do not expect a long run. If it winds up being more than 12 issues, I will eat some of my favorite pizza live on camera. Okay? But I don't think it's going to be longer than 12 issues. Um, I just don't think that's what... Like, after the X-Men fallout, how could you expect that, first of all? And everything that was stated in that interview and kind of in that moment was like, It's not really what I'm here for, and that's not the plan. So don't expect it to be a long run. We get 12 issues. I think you can feel pretty good about that. Uh, Banksy says, So smart to have Hickman on a Spider-Man book without the constraints of editorial. Uh, While I get what you mean, it's not like Marvel's Ultimate line is going to be just like chaos. (laughs) Right? They're still going to have editors, and they're still going to have oversight. Hopefully, though, it is less so than the constraints that I think have really limited Amazing Spider-Man over the past, you know, decade plus now. Um, so I, I get what you mean, but like, listen, this isn't going to be just like Hickman Unleashed. Although, if they're smart, it'll be pretty close to that. A Comics says I think it'll be an original character most likely. I can't see them taking Miles out of Six One Six now. And I'd be far more interested in Hickman coming up with a new Spidey than redoing Ultimate Peter. I guess that's the trick with Miles, too, is, like, you made a real point of him surviving Secret Wars and making it to 616. And now we have a 616 universe where we have Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Now, you can make an argument that maybe that hasn't really worked, you know? in the ways that, like, even, like, the video game, right, the Insomniac series seems to have already found the in in a way that I don't feel like the comics have ever really quite nailed, you know? Uh, But that said, is, like, okay, if you're doing a Miles, is it multiversal Miles and we still have 616 and Cody Ziegler's still doing his thing on that series, does that diminish the value of that character in all Spider-Man? But then it's like, well, yeah, but nobody's asking that question about Peter Parker. You can have a zillion Peter Parkers running around, you know? So it's an interesting point. It's definitely an interesting point. Um, What else do we got? What else do we got here? Hickman's secret book was Spidey. Folks finding out the news. Yeah. Yeah. So it definitely does. It also pretty much confirms what was, I mean, I think we all expected, but it's like, okay, what is the new Ultimate Universe going to be? Uh, It's going to be creators, well, I, I guess it doesn't 100% confirm it, but it certainly feels like it's going to be all-star creators relaunching the Ultimate Universe kind of in the way that we knew it 23 years ago, or 24 years ago by the time it happens, which is to say there's going to be an Ultimate Spider-Man, probably be an Ultimate X-Men, there'll be an Ultimates, and then, I don't know, maybe throw an Ultimate Fantastic Four. Those are like the four books that mattered in the Ultimate Universe. Um, I think the more limited you can keep it, like early days Ultimate Comics, the better. Definitely what I have heard repeatedly and what I have shared repeatedly is the experience of feeling like you can read a complete Marvel Universe is incredibly appealing. Folks love that they can read all of the Ultimate Universe, right? Regardless of quality, that alone has tremendous appeal. It also brings Marvel more in line with the successful manga of the day than anything they could possibly do in 616, which is, of course, a sprawling mess, <laughs> which I love. But, uh, but you know, it is a sprawling mess nonetheless. So I I think it's going to be that. I mean, the other option is, like, it's Chiquetto and Hickman doing, like, a 12-issue maxi-series. The Ultimate Universe could still be a home for just, like, Black label style creator visions, but it doesn't seem like that's what Marvel's interested in doing, despite that being an awesome idea that I will absolutely uh, claim royalties from if they pursue it. So that is big news. Big flippin' news. I'm excited about it. Um, I did see some folks point out that the Venom suit is already Hickman's beloved black and white costume, so I think we can just assume black symbiote costume and Venom stuff early and from there we'll see what else happens probably some data pages about how spider venom coagulates i think we can assume that's coming it it will be i my biggest question will be are we doing this multiversal council of peter stuff are we doing multiversal webs or are you going to find an in that is totally separate from what you teased in amazing fantasy and i don't i don't know that there's a right answer to that one honestly I mean, I guess I kind of hope it's the latter because then it will be a thing that is new to me and hopefully is a big swing that I can consider for the first time as opposed to something where it's like, well, I kind of already know how this generally plays out, but I want to see where you're going to take it. You know, I do want to see where they're going to take it. Um, all right. All right. Let's see. Alfonso says Coates or Laval. So being Tony He's Coates and Victor Laval, ultimate X-Men will be top of my wish list that would be dope that would be super cool i i wrote down some ideas for okay well if you're going to do the rest of the ultimate universe who do you want in these books okay here's what i've got i had nk jemisin and isa Rivich on ultimate x-men i like tani he's i like victor laval for that book as well i have al ewing and elena casagrande on ultimate fantastic four Listen, if we're not going to give Fantastic Four to Al in 616, let the man play in the Ultimate Universe. No chance that's not an amazing book. And then here's a here's a spicy one. Here's a spicy one for you. Ultimates by Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. Let them have at it. Give me an artistic vision for a 2024 Ultimate Universe that doesn't look like flipping 24 years ago Ultimate Universe stuff. Come on, give me something new. Give me Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer on the Ultimates, okay? Um, I want to see I want to see this be all-star creative talent, but, like, fresh, right? I mean, 616 is getting so, I mean, old. Like, listen, I've enjoyed a lot of J. Michael Straczynski comics over the years. I like a lot of... Of, of his amazing Spider-Man run with John Romita Jr. And I really dislike since past. <laughs> but I like a lot of it. I like Thor, okay? That was 15, 20 years ago. Doesn't mean he's done. Dude's done other work. Enjoy the first season of Sense8. <laughs> you know? Dude back on Cap, it doesn't have, that doesn't do anything for me. And I think we can all agree that if it doesn't do anything for me, it shouldn't be done. But it's just like, that is so boring. That is so boring. Going back to the old well for a new Captain America. No, please, move forward. Move forward. That's what I want to see. Okay, Uh, that's what the Ultimate Universe should be doing. Travis suggests Ultimate Power Pack. Okay, for Ultimate Power Pack, I want Raina Telgemeier and Dave Pilkey. (laughs) (laughs) just get the two straight up biggest names in comics who in no way need the Marvel money and put them in ultimate power pack. Let's see for Warren Wilson. He says ultimate death's head. Oh, that has to be Kieran Gillen and uh, Jamie McKelvey. Kieran already did some death's head in the pages of the original sword run back in the day. Timothy says ultimate Howard, the duck. Ooh, that's a good one. I mean, Kyle Starks would do great. That'd be really good. Um, I'm trying to go a little, a little new. I, I we'll go Kyle Starks for now. Let's see. Um, okay, okay. If you get in any other Ultimate titles, oh no, oh no. Warren says Ultimate Alpha Flight. You know what, Warren? I've never banned anyone from a stream before, but I will make an exception. Alpha Flight number two came out today, as well. That's comic we we'll won't be talking about. <laughs> Jordan says, who you got for Ultimate Rom Space Knight? Oh, baby. Oh, baby. You know, actually, who I've got. So I'll get back to that. But you know who I've got for Ultimate Micronauts is Hickman himself. Art and writing. Because when I had a private conversation with Jonathan Hickman at Chicago Comic Con, this was 2019, One of the books he told me that he loved the most in the 80s was Micronauts. It's a true story. Often when I tell stories, they're not true, but this is true. So give me Ultimate Micronauts by Jonathan Hickman and Jonathan Hickman. Oh boy, we got all the Ultimates pouring in now. What was the one I skipped over? Rom Space Knight. Now for Space Knight, I do think you maybe actually want a little more of an old head. Somebody who's got some familiarity and some love for that era. Because if if you ask anybody under the age of thirty, and they're you're like, "What are your ROM Space Night memories?" and they have an answer, that person is not well. <laughs> and I'm I'm calling myself out in this. Someone who has a complete run of individual issues of ROM Space Night. First names that come to mind for ROM Space Night, I got Greb Pock, and oh, I'm gonna have a harder time on the art side of things for this. Um, Josh Kassar okay Ultimate Power says Ultimate Wolverine by Percy lol oh you better lol you better lol how dare you that would actually be hilarious <laughs> that, would, that would get a, a real laugh if they just recast the same team uh, Bunk says Ultimate Annihilation launch of the Ultimate Cosmic Universe Interesting, interesting. I'm sure we'll get some cosmic here. Ultimate, The Ultimate comics never went especially cosmic, actually. Um, there's the weird Galactus Fantastic Four sort of tie-in stuff they did, which brings in you know, versions of the Silver Surfer and Mar- uh, Captain Marvel. Um, obviously, with Cataclysm, they go full Galactus, 616 style. But they never really had a good cosmic book, unless I'm just blanking on something. That feels like a missed opportunity. Tyler says, if Hickman wrote Alpha Flight, would you read it? If a giant Ditka fought 30 small Ditkas, who would win? Some questions can't be answered, Tyler. Some questions cannot be answered. Bill says, Ultimate Excalibur. Hmm. Hmm. How do we make Excalibur interesting? Is there a way? I mean, okay, I mean, I already use this name, but Karen Gillen would do a killer Excalibur. We know this to be true. We've read The Once and Future King. But then it's like, you already did The Once and Future King. Why are you doing Excalibur? Right? Are we playing the same notes? Who's a popular British writer? Are there any of those? I can't think of any. Let's see, who else do we got? Ultimate Black Panther. Owen Likes Comics suggests. Yes, Yes, indeed. I mean, we're recasting a name that's been suggested earlier, but give me Victor Laval. Give me Victor Laval with, with, oh man, now I get Junie Ba. Victor Laval and Junie Ba interviewed Junie this morning. Shouts to Junie. Oh boy, oh boy, they're still coming. All right, I'll do two more of these, and we got to talk about something else. Ultimate Inhumans. Eh, eh. Do we need them? yeah we do actually it'd be nice to see the ultimate in humans Um, let's go with who's doing a good ultimate in humans so you got I want like I want mythology I want someone who writes royalty this is a hard one let's go Rom V and uh, uh, who's their um, oh shoot who's their partner on blue and green Whoever their their collaborator on blue and green is. That's what I want for Ultimate Humans. Is it like Anand RK? Apologies if I got that way off. Okay. Last one. Xavier suggests Ultimate Iron Man written by Robert Downey Jr. That does seem like the type of swing Marvel would actively pursue. Uh, obviously given the you know, Miss Marvel written by the the actress playing her thing right now. Um and they did in the original Ultimate Universe, Ultimate Iron Man was in fact written by Orson Scott Card. The um I don't I I don't even know what how to label him. What is he homophobic? See I don't even know if that's right. Put an asterisk on that. Uh there's there's some reason that he has you know, not not been beloved over the years. Um, but uh obviously Ender's game was pretty influential. Pretty influential. Okay. We gotta stop. We gotta stop. I'm getting tired and obviously I can't think of any can't think of any more artists off the top of my head. Ultimate century owned, like likes comics says. Okay. We know, I don't think we ever saw a century in the ultimate universe. Unless it happens in like the very tail end of things. For ultimate century, give me the return of Rick Reminder with Andre Lima Arejo, the creative team behind A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. Give it to me. This is gonna rule. This is gonna be super fun. <laughs> I love listen, for years. Zach can vouch for me on my most here. I have been saying the Marvel Ultimate Comics universe should reboot and relaunch itself like every five years, like every three to five years. It should just be, that was our story. Time's up. Now we do it again. Take a year off. I don't know, whatever. It should not be this thing where it's like, Oh, we've been doing this for 15 years and now we have all the same problems <laughs> as the standard uh, continuity. Right that was where they messed up the biggest problem ultimatum had was the cannibalism but the second biggest problem ultimatum had was the misogyny but the third biggest problem ultimatum had was that it didn't end the ultimate universe it should have ended right there truly you'd have a seven year tight Marvel comic story and instead it kept going kept going what are you doing? stop Fight's over. Magneto won. All right. All right. Here we go. What are we going to talk about today? Should we talk about some comics? Are we doing that? There's so much news. Oh, we didn't even talk about the X-Men news. Good golly. We got to talk about the the X-Men news. <laughs> Folks in the comments here are calling me up for not bringing up the incest. Uh, Was there incest in Ultimatum? Or was that just in Ultimates 3? I think that's in Ultimates 3 which is why I actually like Ultimatum more than Ultimates 3 but if it's also an Ultimatum listen Jeff Love was writing a lot of incest at that time it's hard to keep track of and frankly I'm not interested (laughs) but I I think that's Ultimates 3 that y'all are thinking of either way we can wipe those comics from memory I'm fine with that bottom 25 comics of all time okay Bill says Ultimate Namor would be dope it would. It would. You're not wrong. Give me Dennis Camp on Ultimate War. Okay. Fall of the House of X and Rise of the Powers of X. That's happening. January 2024. The final battle of the X-Men's Krakoa Age. We got creative team on Fall of the House of X is Jerry Duggan and Lucas Wernick. The creative team on the Rise of the Powers of Ten. is Kieran Gillen and RB Silva. The return of RB Silva, the original artist on Powers of X. Um I have mixed feelings on this one. I do. Where do we begin? Where do we even begin? So much news. So much news. I'm exhausted. I put I, I threw a lot of energy into that opening segment about Hickman. A lot of energy. Real tired right now. Winded. need to catch my breath. We're gonna drink from big water. I want your thoughts on the fall of the House of X and the rise of the powers of ten. Hit me. Brought to you today by Big Water. Big Water. This one's from the local refrigerator. Came out of the the faucet there. I don't think you call that a faucet. What do you call the thing that releases water on a refrigerator? Right? We have taps. We have faucets. What is that? Does that have a name? It's pretty uh, lukewarm water today. We got no ice in it. We got no crystal light, flavorless, and uh, not the best. Not the best Big Water I've ever had. But you know what? They're still sponsoring us. We're happy with that. Thanks to Big Water. Okay. The other news. Fall of the House of X and Rise of the Powers of Ten. This is, I I think it's beginning January 2024 is how Marvel teased it. Again, they teased it as the final battle of the X-Men's Krakoa Age we can talk about what that actually means um actually i guess let's start there i guess let's start there is this the end is this the end i don't think so i don't think it is actually i think it's pretty i mean it's even there in the name but like the house of x will fall krakoa as we've known it has fallen This is the final battle of the X-Men's Krakoan age. But we've seen Cable previously reference the first Krakoan age or the second Krakoan age. This could be the end of an age, which I actually think is a good way to look at it. I mean, this is kind of what I was talking about when there was all that worry about the announcement that Tom Brevoort was going to be taken over as a new editor of the X-Men line in the coming years. And folks were like, oh, no, they're going to kill Krakoa and they're going to go back to the mansion and all that stuff. It's like, you can, you could potentially just chop Krakoa into ages, into sagas. This saga needs an end. The House and the power saga needs an end. It is not better served by endlessly rolling. We have seen that through this era. This era is at its worst when it's kicking the can down the road and has unlimited space, or feels like it has unlimited space to operate. You know, they need they need to have a direction and they need to have an end destination. And they do actually need, I think, a deadline to hit that because I actually think it's going to lead to a better story. Things are going to move faster. Bigger stuff's going to happen. It's going to be more interesting. We're not going to be sitting in this malaise. Okay. But when you can have a final battle of this age, which sets the stage for the rise of the powers of 10, that means something new what that something new is is of course hopefully what Karen Gillan is going to show us but I suspect it will be an extension of what Krakoa can look like in a new form in the next stage of things I mean the other piece of this too is so if this is launching in January and like we don't have details on like is it you know six issues and six issues is it going to run for is it going to be weekly is it going to be monthly none of this stuff is released yet we just know creators and we know the names of these books but it's like let's say it's weekly and it's 12 weeks or even just eight whatever that's two months that means they're done with this by let's say the end of the first quarter early second quarter 2024 Brevert has already said he's not ready to come jump in until after that because he's managing a 2024 event so unless he's just straight up fibbing uh, you know like it can't actually end <laughs> because nobody's ready to take over for the next thing. So, to me, this suggests, okay, this Rise of the Powers of ten is going to set what will be kind of the final, probably, um, stage of the saga. Like, I don't think this is actually even the end of the saga. I could be wrong. Obviously, we know very little, you know? But I kind of feel like there's going to be a follow-up to this, which will be interesting. I mean, in many ways, this is the thing that I'm most excited for, which is... What is the rise of the powers of X? What is that idea? What does Kieran Gillen have cooking there? That's what I want to see. Probably more than anything. Because that to me is still the biggest mystery, the most the most challenging answer to come up with is okay, everything fell apart on Earth. We don't just get to have this island nation take over. What can you do instead? That's where you really need to think of something. I'm looking forward to that. A lot. Gillen and RB Silva on this, that's gonna be fantastic. RB Silva, I, I love that they're they're giving a shout back to Silva for doing powers of X the first time. Um, you wish I mean listen, no shade at Lucas Wernick. I really enjoy the work he's been doing with Karen Gillen on Immortal X Men. Would have been cool to see Pepe La there and just full on bring it back to House and Powers. Um and then obviously the other the other elephant in the room is you got Jerry Duggan. Listen, I think I've made my feelings very clear. I am not a hater. I am not just like out to get this individual. I think they've written plenty of decent to good comics at times. My heart sank when that name was not Al Ewing. <laughs> like like the way my stomach dropped when that was not Al Ewing. Okay? And that, again, that's not Shade. People are like, oh, you don't like Jerry Durgan. I don't know. I don't know if I like him. We've never hung out. <laughs> but all I'm saying is there are a clear, identifiable 1A and 1B in this era. And they are Kieran Gillen and Al Ewing. Those are the names you'd want to see on the book that is calling back to House and Powers. Now, a consistent answer that I saw there was like, well, don't worry. I bet Al's writing something else. And he is this was the other thing that was teased The Resurrection of Magneto a limited series and like yeah I'm extremely curious how Al plans to bring back Mags in a way that doesn't disrupt his prior work that's gonna be a really hard thing to do because Al Ewing made a point made a point in X-Men Red that Magneto did not want to be resurrected so is the resurrection of Magneto just straight up flying in the face of his wishes and and desire to not be resurrected as part of Arako culture and as part of just kind of being at the end of this journey? How do you pull that off? I'm curious. No doubt about it. That said, I'd still rather see Al on the fall of the House of X with Kieran on the Rise of Powers. That's a better fit. Just is. Okay. I, I don't want to do I see people saying stuff about Duggan. Listen, I don't want to relitigate my thoughts there and kind of power ranking the creators. I've made it very clear. The point though, the point is you've got a clear 1A and 1B. Immortal X-Men and X-Men Red have been the best books in X-Men comics over the last more than a year by far. by far, not even close. not even close. Those of you too. All right. Alexandria points out this Krakoan age not exploring Namor, and the Shi'ar is so disappointing. Now I would say the Shi'ar have been explored a bit. I actually showed up today in Alpha Flight number two. Technically, um, we've gotten some Shi'ar stuff. I'm not totally sure what you mean by that. The Namor mystery, yeah, that hasn't that hasn't had any resolution at all, has it? Remember how cool that was? <laughs> like like half of these streams are just me being like oh man like Chris Farley in it right oh I remember in House of X when uh when Namor told Professor X when you need me you'll know or whatever oh man that was so cool <laughs> it was it was it was cool it's disappointing I don't disagree I do not disagree listen we have some unresolved threads to put it mildly what about that weird little world that Doug built in the world, in that giant-sized storm, what was that about? What was even the plan there? Here's the thought: resurrection of Magneto. You know what Magneto's still out there? Age of X-Man, baby. <laughs> this is for the old heads who watched my theory video about the Age of X-Man. Magneto, he's still hanging with Nate Gray. We haven't seen Nate yet. He's just hanging out, waiting, just waiting for his moment. That's how you bring Magneto back without messing with the 616 version's wishes to not be resurrected. Bring him back, baby. Bring him back, baby. Age of X-Men was a 2019 X-Men event, for those of you that are unfamiliar. You don't need to have read it to understand the potential here. Just know that there is another Magneto hanging out, I think having tea with Nate Gray. Do you think Magneto's a coffee guy or a tea guy? Definitely tea, right? I don't see Magneto drinking coffee. That seems like a problem. I could see Professor X drinking coffee. And then, like, telling you, like, way overselling his knowledge of tea. Like, Professor X for sure is leaving, like, loose-leaf containers on his desk just hoping someone asks him about it. You know that's happening. But I I think, really, he just drinks Dunkin'. (laughs) <laughs> like like, tell me a morning Professor X didn't make a dunk and run probably someone someone make it for him actually that's not a man who does things on his own alright I think that's the news the news you can use we got Jonathan Hickman and Marco Chiquetto on Ultimate Spider-Man we got the fall of the house of X and the rise of the powers of ten the final battle of the X-Men's Cracone Age we got the resurrection of Magneto it's all going down in January 2024. You know, I was... Listen, I think we've been sitting through a Marvel malaise. I'm not the only person to identify that. This January 24, 2024 slave announcements is, like, pretty great. I mean, they have, they have some things in the chamber. I'm excited for it. I am. You know, it's big stuff. Making moves. Things are happening. I don't... There is a little, like... It's hard to call back to House and Powers... And not have a little kind of like twinge of, I don't know, just kind of sadness that like it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like it did <laughs> or like you'd have wanted it to, you know, you know, cause it's like calling back to this thing and it's like, oh man, so much has happened, you know, we're not where we should have been probably, but I'm curious where it's going to go looking forward to it uh comics that came out today let's see uncanny spider-man number one came out today this was the big uh new number one issue this is the i think the last new fall of x book to release yeah this is the last new number one to come out in the fall of x this one's written by cy spurrier it looks awesome i love this uncanny spider-man nightcrawler spider suit very very fun Um, Here's the big stuff that happened here. Number one, a reminder that Nightcrawler should always have a sword. There's no reason Nightcrawler should have a sword. This comic gets that right. I appreciate that about it. Uh, Strong first issue, honestly. I like this idea of Nightcrawler who kind of was separate. Nightcrawler's been through some, some stuff here in the Spurrier Run across the pages of Ways of X and Realm of X. Um, he got turned into a little demon and was tricked into killing people like like leaders <laughs> across the globe. Uh, he can't show his face. Mutant kinds hunted, right? This being the fall of X. He wasn't there for that though. He wasn't at the gala. But he's like wearing a spider suit anyway, hiding himself, even though he's not hiding his bamfing or his mutant hood. Um, but it's like, he's like, I need something positive to do. So I'm going to be a spider person. Okay. Uh, seeing him do that is fun. Seeing him try to make Spider-Man quips is a good time. Quick combo with Peter Parker is strong. I I do kind of appreciate Peter's, you know, sort of reserve about, like, what's the plan here? What's going on? One thing I was not fully expecting, and maybe I should have, but is Spurrier kind of fully integrating the Spider-Man rogues uh, gallery? You know? And, like, we've got Director Vulture. Now involved in engineering an Orcus, thats a fun tie-in. And then the big last page stinger, and spoilers follow. But Vulture's like, "I know someone who can catch a spider and brings in Silver Sable." I listen—it's a—it's called Spider-Man, and somehow I was like, not at all expecting Spider-Man villains to be involved. So that's fun. I dig it. Let's see. Truth Teller points out art by Lee Garbett. Thank you. Uh, and big reveal in the middle of this book, actually, like huge reveal. And again, spoilers. If you haven't read this, you might want to bounce for two minutes. Mystique's alive, apparently? I thought... Now, like, listen, this is comics. And no one ever dies. Resurrection of Magneto, coming January 2024. But Mystique pretty clearly died in the Hellfire Gala fallout. Like, she jumped out of a tower? And Landed? how'd she get out of that one and now here she is in a park mugging a lady what's going on interesting mystery intriguing i don't know what's happening there no idea mystique's alive she's looking for her baby what what's happening don't understand curious though definitely curious and again we got director vulture on the hunt for silver saber as nightcrawler uncovers mystique and is trying to figure things out strong first issue I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of what this issue can pull. I mean, again, like I started very hot on Way of X with Whisperer's vision for things. I think I have cooled a lot since. I don't think, you know, he's writing like this, you know, really what is kind of a pretty extensive Nightcrawler run. And as a fan of Nightcrawler, I don't love it as a Nightcrawler story. But this segment here, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could get into this. This could be the one that maybe works the best as a Nightcrawler story. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Timothy says, Mystique was totally alive. No question. Was she? Was, that, was there like a panel where she like, you know, they, they're like nobody and it's obvious she's gone. I mean, clearly she's here, so I'm not really arguing that point. <laughs> right? We saw her. I, I thought she was actually temporarily dead and would need to be resurrected in some fashion down the road. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, because I think there's some solicited thing too that Spurrier's doing about the parentage of Nightcrawler, and right, and that's going to involve Mystique and Destiny. So I'm sure all that will tie together as well. But this is a strong first issue. I I was glad this issue hit today, because otherwise I was like, not a lot of new comics I really want to talk about today. Um, Comic came out yesterday, which I thought was pretty interesting, was Wonder Woman number one. That's why I've been seeing those images go by. That's the big launch from Tom King, Daniel Semperi? I'm Sure, I said that wrong. Please correct me. Someone. And uh, I will try to get that right moving forward. Um, my thing with King is he is my, he is number one in my power rankings for willingness to take a big swing on licensed properties. Doesn't mean I always like it the most. Doesn't mean he's my favorite writer. But I love that he is always taking the big swing. Wonder Woman number one is so nakedly ambitious. It is so vulnerable in its ambition. And I think it's a little ham fisted. I think it's a it's like it's like two inches away from self parody at times. But then sometimes I'm sitting there like, oh, this effing rules. And I, I love King taking swings. I do I don't I'm not convinced he's the fit for Wonder Woman but looking at that book and as a creator being like yeah I'm just gonna openly and nakedly say this is the book about America that's my approach to Wonder Woman (laughs) Like the balls you gotta have you like you have to be confident to take that to take that chance so I love I love the way Tom King takes swings even when they don't work. I think Batman is a super messy run. There are moments that are among some of my favorite Batman stuff, and on the whole, I would say it falls apart a lot. Uh, Mr. Miracle is one of my favorite comics of all time. Loved Omega Men. I think in the recent stuff, Rorschach is like a fascinating effing comic. I don't know if it's great. It's definitely fascinating. It's a book I think about a lot, and I, I so value... I think the thing I value most in modern comics is a creator, writer, artist, storyteller who comes in and says, here is a swing I might miss completely, but you're going to feel the wind in your face from how hard I just tried and how wild my ambition was with this property that is decades old and which you have seen. So many incarnations of creators that play it safe or trapped in the foundations and structures that can be comforting. That can be nice a meat and potatoes comic. And there are creators that do it really well. I would actually say like, like Jed McKay's moon night is a book. I like a lot. It's kind of a meat and potatoes comic. And I don't say that pejoratively, but it's kind of just like, let's take, the foundations of Moon Knight and let's tell, a, tell it well. Let's tell a good superhero story within that. But it's not upending what we have seen before. Tim Daredevil is a good example of this too. Great run. Very indebted to the history of that character in the swings that other creators took like Frank Miller, Anasenti, Brian Michael Bendis, etc. Again that's not a bad thing. That is the history of the superhero medium. Those are often great runs. When I talk about big, ambitious swings, I'm talking about somebody who comes in and says, yeah, we're going to do things very differently. And you might hate it. <laughs> you might hate it. But comics fandom, I think, as a whole, and we see this all the time with X-Men, So I was talking about earlier, there is often a sentiment of fear of change, of anger at change, and of a desire to be served the same dish nightly. My son would eat chicken fingers every night if that's what we gave him. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we say, I'd rather not listen to the complaining," But sometimes it's useful to try something else. Try a few bites. Try a few bites of comics. That's all I'm saying. Right? One Woman always takes a swing. So listen, I don't think this first issue is like, a knockout. It's definitely really interesting. It's definitely taking swings. It is so nakedly ambitious, and I want to see where it's going. And that's kind of all that matters with the first issue. Truth Teller says, "Heroes in Crisis." PU. Hey, I agree. Totally agree. I did not like Heroes in Crisis. I think it's pretty bad. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Like that's the thing. That's what I want from from editorial vision at in DC is publishers who are like, let's take that swing. And if we whiff, we don't get scared and crawl back in and say, we better play it safe. We say, take another swing. Easier said than done. Obviously. Uh, JD says, Hey Dave, I love your tweets during the week, but I'm locked out. Are you going to make your page accessible again? Um, I'm, I'm not off twitter but i'm going that way uh it's it's pretty bad these days um pretty amazing how rapidly it got tanked i do have a blue sky which i've started playing around with a little bit if you want to find me there uh it's just comic book herald at blue sky that's probably gonna be the best bet um if you're locked out i guess i don't totally know what that means but uh it's that's probably the best place to find me now i'm posting on instagram a little bit more but not quite in the same capacity but yeah i mean here are youtube um follow the live streams follow my moral share podcast that's where you're gonna find the most stuff for me <laughs> i think but i appreciate that you that you want to find more that's great oh check out the email newsletter that's where i'm doing go to com, sign up for the email newsletter i do that weekly uh i talk about what's most interesting to me. i wrote one big column and then i do reading recommendations for comics that i think are awesome so, all right, get in your final th- questions, get your final thoughts. We're gonna end this puppy here shortly, um, but yeah, wow, big news today, exciting day for comics fans. Let's see, Timothy says, "Love your comic nerdiness with the rest of us. Keep doing what you do, Dave. Thank you." Says, "Shout out to Beak Ultimate Beak. All right, if we got an Ultimate Beak, let's let's be generous and call it a maxi series, eight issue, Ultimate Beak. Who's doing that?" Cool, that's, an inter- that's a challenging one. Who do we want on Ultimate Beak? I got an answer for you. I got an answer for you right here. This is Emily Carroll's Marvel Comics debut. Writes fantastic horror graphic novels. If you're unfamiliar, new one out this year, Gist in the House, I'm reading it right now. Give me Emily Carroll's Ultimate Beak. <laughs> With apologies to Emily for pulling her in on that. Oh, that would rule. That would rule. Okay. I'm not seeing any final thoughts. Nero Black asks, how was Uncanny Avengers? I don't know, I haven't read it yet. I haven't read it yet. Bizzle asks, Do you think Marvel is having a creator exodus problem? Uh in some ways it kind like it seemed like the X office was a little bit. Right? Um specifically with all the women that wrote for the X office like Teenie Howard, Leah Williams, Vita Ayala, all critical to this Eros Foundation all have jumped ship for DC. That isn't a great look for Marvel. Um I think I saw some people being like Chip Zdarsky left Marvel for DC. That's obviously not true. They did also announce a Zdarsky Daniel Cuny book called Avengers Twilight. I saw some folks talking about like, oh, taking over Avengers and writing the end of the Avengers. I, I fully expect that to be like an out of continuity, you know, miniseries kind of thing. Like he did with justice league last ride or Spider-Man life story, I guess for a Marvel reference, but um, color me shocked if that puppy's in continuity. But anyway, the point being creator hasn't really left, I guess beyond that, I'm not sure that they're having many uh, creators leave. I mean, I think, I think there's a, Genuine problem right now, and I really don't have enough information to speak to this, like, in depth, but there does seem to be a real problem with Marvel in terms of their rates and what they're willing to pay artists and inkers and letterers. Um, it, it seems like if you're if you're top talent, you know, or, you know, probably, like, like, whatever, they'll pay Greg Capullo a ton of money to do a variant cover or something, but then to, like, get people to do interiors... Seems increasingly like a problem. It seems like they're outsourcing globally like a ton. Like, like, I don't know if this is newish or not. Um, It seems really hard for them to keep artistic talent on a book, you know, and especially with their schedules and all that. That's been a problem for a while. So that does seem like an issue. I don't know that it's an Exodus issue so much as a economics and just kind of the insanity of trying to put out a book every month issue but i guess i'd be curious what you mean if there's like a specific something or other um like i don't it's not like dc is like swimming (laughs) in in all stars right it certainly doesn't feel that way to me uh cool shirt kid says love the channel have a good night thanks so much very much appreciated okay okay do we have any final thoughts? Open Mike Eagle says, I liked Heroes in Crisis. We got our Heroes in Crisis defender. You know what? We did publish, uh, Sean Dillon, a uh, good editor, good writer, wrote a, a piece defending Heroes in Crisis on Comic Book Herald as part of our Who Watched the Watchmen series. And uh, definitely, it was definitely one of those pieces where I was like, okay, yeah, I see it. You know, if I revisited this. Um, you know, I I wasn't like out-out on Heroes in Crisis initially, but there was a whole stretch where Tom King was just like quoting poetry, <laughs> like like for a long time. <laughs> like, listen, you can quote some poetry in a comic, that's fine. I like some poetry. It can work here and there. Uh, give me some good old Ozymandias any day. But uh, but King went for a while. A few too many, a few too many pages of poetry. That's my main *Harrison* crisis critique. All right, let's see. Bizzle says rumors of Gillen leaving too oh is that so I have not seen those rumors Um, from what I've seen of of Gillen's own writing and commentary there are pretty extensive plans for Mortal X-Men I mean if, if after Rise of the Powers of X Gillen was like that's it that was my swan song on this era I mean that wouldn't be shocking that'd be a solid two year stretch more or less, and you know, Gillen's a pretty established creator. Like they're gonna have other interests and other things they want to do. Like I don't I think a lot of times fans have this because we like somebody, this idea that they'll like stay with the public. Like that's just kinda not how comics publishing works anymore. You know? Like for someone established, like they have other opportunities. Like it it's a it's a miracle and we should count our blessings every day that Al Ewing seemingly does not wish to leave Marvel. <laughs> And and we'll write every book for them every year, forever and ever. Amen. But that's a rarity. You know, I I think the days of, you know, Mark Grunwald writing for Marvel for a gazillion years are kind of long gone. I mean, you're going to have some folks who stick around because it's kind of like this is their home and kind of where they have opportunities, you know, but those are going to be the the people who don't really have creator own success generally gillen has got more than enough creator-owned success to kind of pick and choose his projects. You know, so anyway, I haven't seen that rumor, so I don't know if there's any truth to that. Um, I would attribute that more just to the individual and their opportunities than than an exodus. Um, I mean, I think broadly, like, if you're looking across the big two, it's a constant sort of challenge to be like, who are our go-tos? And are they excellent? Um, and I think that's that's been a challenge for both Marvel and DC as more and more creators have moved creator-owned, as the Substack money came in, you know that certainly like that threw a wrench in DC's ideas. I bet they had James Tiny and Wynn Eisner's writing Batman, and all of a sudden he's like, "I'm good with Batman. I'm done," you know. Um, but can't blame him for that, certainly. All right. Thanks everybody for listening today. Much appreciated. I think we did it. I think we, I think we pitched what the rest of the Ultimate Universe is going to be. We've predicted much of what's to come. Um, good day to be a comics fan. Thanks to all of you for joining me with. So, all right, we'll be back next week or any week. The comics are good. You know, I said previously I was going to end every episode with recommendations, and uh, I haven't really done that. But we had so much to talk about. Let's do one. Let's do one rec real quick. Okay, we'll I want to end this puppy on a positive. Here's what you should read kind of thing. Let's see, is this going to work? There we go. Girl Juice. Drawn and Quarterly Book by Benji Nate. Check out Girl Juice. This is a very funny comic. I don't know that it's going to go on my best of 2023. I don't know that it's getting there. It's a very funny gag strip. Basically, each page is a gag. They kind of build on each other in narrative fashion, but not totally. It's a funny book. If you like laughing... And you like girls and you like juice. Check out Benji Nates. Girl Juice from Jerron and Quarterly out this year. Oh, boy. Oh, no. You're not supposed to see that. Let's see what else do I got up here. The Infinity Particle. If you're looking for a good all-ages book, if you got a middle-grade reader, or you like middle-grade books yourself, The Infinity Particle by Wendy Zhu. Good commentary on AI, where things are going. And then we got Family Style. This is actually on the Best Comics 2023 list. As it says here, a moving young adult graphic memoir about a Vietnamese immigrant boy's search for belonging in America. Perfect for fans of American-born Chinese and the best we could do. It's true. It's really flipping good. Check out Family Style. All right. There we go. Three wrecks. Those going to be in the newsletter as well. Check that out. I'm Dave. You can find my stuff on Comic Book Herald. Like, subscribe, comment, all that fun stuff on the channel. I got a video out today, the best Marvel comics of all time. Go look at that one too. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Enjoy the comics.